Please be seated. I bring you greetings from the Dean and Faculty of Virginia Theological Seminary, the place where I had the joy of meeting your Dean for the first time. The seminary's Dean has the practice of beginning each sermon with a joke. Sadly, I have fallen under his influence. Please pray for me. Sometimes I cannot decide if the joke is for the sermon or the sermon for the joke. But there is a joke, or shall we say short story, which I think will serve well the purposes of this sermon. CNN was reporting that a very large meteorite was hurling toward planet Earth. Life, as we know it, would be obliterated within days. Everyone knew that the Sunday after this startling news would mean that churches would be filled to capacity. Nothing like the end of the world to get people to church. Three clergy who were friends decided to meet up for coffee one last time. The Baptist said he would be preaching from John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he sent his only Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The Baptist preacher said, I shall give an altar call and give people one last time to decide for Jesus. The Catholic priest said, I will take as my text Matthew 16, 18. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will then remind the gathered of the one true church, and then invite confessions immediately after the service. <laughs> the Baptist preacher and the Catholic priest looked to the Episcopal priest. Quietly, she offered. This coming Sunday, I will preach from the lessons appointed. <clears throat> Troy Mendez is like that Episcopal priest. He has promised to uphold the doctrine and discipline of the Episcopal Church. He will not invent a lectionary to serve his purposes even on the last Sunday. He will draw strength from his deep roots in our biblical, historical, and theological traditions, traditions he knows well. This does not mean that life with Troy will be dull, or that his mind is static, or that his ways are old-fashioned. 
Troy will be of his time, inventive and creative, and deeply shaped by our past as the people of God. I heard recently of the meeting of the cathedral deans of the Episcopal Church. The meeting was in Florida. The host dean arranged to have many pink flamingos in the cathedral's garden fountain. A dean from a western state, not yours, (laughs) was so impressed with the flamingos that he said he was going home and immediately searched for a moose so that when he would host the deans, he would have something like the flamingos in the fountain. Troy will be as creative and hospitable when the deans come to Phoenix. Troy will draw from the well of scripture and tradition, even as he looks for new water in that long history of God, working out God's purpose for the whole of creation. I was told that when the cathedral deans of our church meet, they examine carefully who has left the fold, surrendering being reverend, very reverend, for right reverend. Troy will not be looking for a new appellation, not even right reverend. The very reverend seems to fit him fine. The Lord told Jeremiah that he was consecrated for his ministry. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. So Troy has been made for the ministry which is becoming his being and very life. Troy, God has laid hands on you and appointed you a priest. Priest after the order of Melchizedek forever. You will never stop feeling the press of God's hands on your head. There will be days when you will walk across the broken glass of your vows and will pray to be delivered, as Jeremiah did. Other days, your spirit will soar, and you will know in your heart that to you has been given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. In the sadness and joy of your ministry, you will not be alone. You will often feel alone, But like Jeremiah, you will not be afraid because the Lord is with you, the Lord who consecrated you. You will not be alone because you are part of the body, which is Trinity Cathedral, part of the body, which is the diocese, part of the body's growth in building itself up in love, which is the Episcopal Church part of the body which is the worldwide geography of faith we call the Anglican Communion, part of the body which is Christ's holy body in God's holy world. Now, being part of Christ's body is tricky. 
it is not always a peaceable kingdom. For example, of late, the Anglican Communion has been children tossed to and fro. We have struggled with an Anglican covenant, which a Scottish bishop has called 95% sacron and 5% strychnine. <laughs> One Archbishop of Canterbury has retired. Another has stepped up to the plate and is trying to speak the truth in love, even as from time to time he puts his foot in his mouth. We are part of a body which is full of mystery and grace. We cannot choose our body. We are part of a body bigger than ours. There will be times, Troy, when you would like the cathedral body to be a bit different. Flannery O'Connor nailed it when she said of us, the body of Christ, that we are a people who believe that the lame don't walk, the blind don't see, and them that's dead ought to stay that way. (laughs) We are a body not fully prepared for the transfiguring grace of God in our lives. The transfiguring grace of God. What we know is comfortable. The known is better than the unknown. Mystery and grace do not easily walk together. Yet self-preservation has never been a reason, a good reason, for ministry. That is so for the body of Christ writ large and the body of Christ writ as Trinity Cathedral. Pope Francis in Jordan yesterday departed from his text, which is not unusual, and said, May God protect us from the fear of change. Self-preservation has never been a reason for ministry. In today's gospel, Peter had a failed business plan, which God redeemed. Peter's plan was not God's plan as it turned out. Long ago, a cloud overshadowed Peter, James, John, Elijah, and Moses. And from that cloud came a real strategic plan. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Dean Mendez and the cathedral body, you will be listening for the God whom you have come to know in bread and wine. It will be a holy task, but not a facile one. In 1981, when I became rector of my first parish, a wise man, his name Johnny Kugler, said to me at the door after the service of institution, Barney, everyone will love you while you are here. Some today, some while you serve, and some the day you leave. (laughs) 
Listening to God as dean and cathedral body will be kingdom work for you all, but it will not be a day's work. It's the work of a lifetime. In Alan Patton's timeless novel, Cry the Beloved Country, a minister goes off on a journey traveling to a big city searching for his lost son. At one point he says, we do what is in us and why it is in us. That is also a secret. We do what is in us and why it is in us, that is also a secret. It is Christ in us crying that men may be succored and forgiven even when he himself is forsaken. The searching minister finally confesses, I am a weak and sinful man, but God has put his hands on me. That's all. That's all. And I have learned that kindness and love can pay for pain and suffering. Troy, consecrated one, be of good courage. God's hands are on you. Be full of kindness and love and rejoice in the Lord always.